Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Drivers, start your Race fans, welcome to the Radio Network and welcome to the Draft the Circuits program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we talk about this past weekend in racing where we finished up uh, NASCAR 20, 2022 season. And then we'll get into previewing uh, what's left of the racing season, uh, which encapsulates some Formula One and some other racing rumors. Joining me, I have Richard Eden and Louise Torres. Uh, how are we doing, guys? We're good, thank you. I think it's jet lag that is kicking in right now. <laughs> That's right. You did spend your weekend at Phoenix at the championship weekend. And uh, a lot of, a lot of news coming out of there. Um, uh, some of it quite sad though. Uh, you know, let's, let's lead off by talking about um, Ty Gibbs, a, you know, young man who's been um, maligned as often as he's been praised this year, but he, he managed to uh, have a, have a pretty good run at Phoenix and uh, finish up the Xfinity season as the Xfinity champion. And then later the that same night, um, his father, Coy Gibbs, uh, passed away, sadly. And quite um, unexpectedly, uh, the man was, uh, I believe, 49 years old. Is that what I read? Yep, yep. the same age yep. that J.D. passed away a few same, years ago, too. Same age his older brother passed away. So sad, sad day for the... Um, uh, for the Gibbs family and, of course, the whole Gibbs organization and everybody he worked with, you know, Coy was not only, um, uh, you know, Ty's dad, but he was very involved with the organization. He was the vice chairman of uh, Gibbs Racing, so he was, you know, there in the day-to-day operation. So, tremendous loss um, for that team there. Again, tremendous loss for the family. And, and uh, you know, poor Ty Gibbs, I mean, as much as, uh, you know, we love to kind of, Talk about his brashness and harsh and harshness. This is a, a poor guy who's um, what should have been one of the happiest days of his career uh, turned into one of the saddest days of his life. Um, and, and you know, I can tell you firsthand, I, I lost my mother earlier this year. and There's just a tremendous hollow, empty feeling that uh, that comes with the loss of a parent, particularly one who's been uh, with you and supportive of you your whole life. So I, I really really feel for the uh the gibbs family and the whole gibbs organization there but um but 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 again you know great uh great season the time managed to, to put together to win the championship despite the uh adversity along the line and controversy uh, along the way and he's primed for a cup career next year now now richard did you have the chance yeah. to work with uh coy gibbs at all in your in your travels at nascar 
No, we never we, we never sort of crossed paths on that one, unfortunately. Um, you know, obviously, Ty, we've done, you know, some work with her over the last few months. And, um, you know, the, the, as you mentioned, there, the natural talent of this kid is, is, is certainly there for all to see. And, yes, he has had opportunities that uh, are a second to none in terms of machinery growing up throughout his career. But he's taken advantage of those and, and done all that could be expected of him in many ways. So, um, you know, for, for him now coming to this crossroads of his career, uh, you know, chances are he'll be stepping up to cup, um, you know, in, in the not too distant future. Um, and, you know, it's times like that when you need the support network around you and the um, press reaction to um, the Martinsville race the weekend before was was pretty intense. and. I know that he'd been leaning on his father's support and his family for support quite closely. And, um, you know, to, to, to come out and win that race uh, and win the championship on Saturday night was a great achievement. And, um, you know, then to have the, the devastating news uh, come Sunday morning is is just uh, heartbreaking for the whole organisation. Uh, you know, for, the, for, for you know, JGR, obviously, and for Toyota and TRD as well. Uh, Dave Wilson, the, the head of TRD, is very, very close friends with Kai's, as they are with a lot of the JGR directors and, and senior management. And um, it's going to leave a real hole in the organisation, you know. Since, uh, you know, as you mentioned there earlier, JD, um, Joe gives his other son, tragically passed away a few years ago as well, at, at almost exactly the same age, to the pretty much to the month, I think, from what somebody was saying uh, the other day. Um, so... You know, it really does leave a vacuum uh, in the organisation. You know, Coy had really stepped up in in the management role and was, was vice president of the organisation. Uh, and also, you know, on a personal side, he was really supportive of, of JD's kids. You know, he was the uncle there. And, you know, he, he single-handedly, you know, took on that, that role of, of like the parental figure and father figure for, for his um, nieces and nephews, I guess. And, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's a horrible situation. You know, everybody, we look at these people on TV and on you know, online and uh, on social media platforms, and we we all have our opinions and make comments and and the like. But in 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 reality, these are a normal normal people with families and friends and uh, relationships that that you know at times we don't we don't fully understand that we take you know for granted. Um, and it's uh, yeah, it's a real loss. You know, it really is. You know, we we hope. You know, we all know that um, the Gibbs family. You know, Joe especially and. Uh, and the whole organisation, they're, they're very strong faith. And, uh, you know, it's times like this that they obviously need to, to, to rely on that and fall back on that. And hopefully they can find some comfort there in these difficult times. But uh, it, it's going to be a, a very hard off-season for them. And I hope that they can all come back and do, do the, uh, you know, the memory of Coy Justice, uh, you know, come the start of next year. We, we really do. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, Louise, uh, well, you were there on the ground at Phoenix. So uh, let's <clears throat> let, let's talk about um, let's talk about Ty's championship a little bit and his and his championship run. He had a pretty trouble free uh, race there um, in Phoenix. And um, so let's talk about the championship four and how everybody turned down in Xfinity. And then we'll move on to, uh, you know, the headliner of the Cup Series. Yeah, it's. That's before I dive into that Sunday morning where that came out, where that news came out. Ty had pretty much everybody's number. Everybody was talking about, will Brandon Jones play a role into it since he's going to JRM next year? Will Joey Gregson, Uster Chrome Horn, 
to win the championship at the expense of Ty Gibbs. We didn't really solve none of that. The closest was at the very bitter end of the race where Sam Mayer was lapsed down because he got collected in a multi-car incident where he tried to make it hard on Ty, but then he just brushed the one and kind of gave seal the fate for Ty to lock up the championship. But nobody, at one point, looked like there was a challenge, but Ty just had everybody's number. And when he had to fend off like Allgaier, Gregson, and Josh Berry, for a tiny bit before he brushed the wall and kind of fell out of contention. He he did they did it they put on a good hard five battle, but at the end Gregson tried as best he could. He just could not catch him. This just had everybody's numbered that day, and and while people will look at Almendinger as the overall stronger driver, I felt like Gibson Gregson just stood, stepped up when it mattered. Some say well Almendinger had had it not been for Vegas that poor finish at Vegas, whatever he, what, what he had, he would have been in the mix. It would have been even more chaotic, but he's just stepped up the game. And I think the pressure and the, that key, the baggage that he had to deal with for over the past week, mostly justified considering the, what we talked about last time he held, he held his own for the, for the most part, I think is admirable that he did. It's just need we need to see that on a far more consistent base, especially when the inevitable is going to happen in 2023. Yeah, yeah, he's got uh, it's a big, uh, you know, the, the step up from from Xfinity to Cup is a uh, it's a much bigger bigger step than it looks like, uh, you know, from uh, those of us on the outside looking in. So yeah, I mean, still the the pressure will you know triple on the man, but uh, again, you know, like Richard said, yes, he has had. Uh, the benefit of fine equipment and a good team behind him, but but his his talent is undeniable. I mean, the, the talent is there. Oh no question! Like we saw in his debut at Daytona in twenty twenty one on the road course, he was able to come out there and win in his series debut. What is what is it like eleven wins and fifty three some starts? That's actually a really stout number when you think about it. For a, obviously a developmental career, obviously not there forever. The big step is, of course, the Cup Series. And now it's just a question how he goes into 2023, as you mentioned. Like, Coy, I didn't really think much of it. Like, Coy was talking about how no son should go through that kind of pressure. No father wants to see his son go through that pressure. And then not even half a day later, he he passed on it when I was first told about it. Because initially, I was thinking, is there some problems going on with the 23 cup car? And then I saw the Thai family emergency news that I had to storm my, my way to the garage, see what's going on. And what I was first told about initially that it, and it pertains to Coy, and then there's rumors that it maybe is Joe and all that. I say and this was just a matter of waiting game. The question was who's going to take over the 23. And then, honestly, as soon as I came to the realization that none of the Toyota drivers except for Christopher Bell were at driver intros, I think that was very telling that that the 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 news that I was first told happened, and then like after driver intros, JGR put a press release that Coy passed away, and from that point on, it was just a subdued and harrowing afternoon that kind of carried on to the rest of the championship Sunday, if you ask me, because I'd never quite endured something like that. That it was like a very grim and devastating news, because like the thing is, Coy is. Coy was just there, at, it, literally at the presser, like happy for his son and all. Now, the guy that kind of looked was trying to work his way as the heir apparent of running the team in the future. He's, I mean, 
He's run the ARCA program. Now it's a big hole, a huge blow to the whole organization when you look at the flagship team for Toyota going forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it leaves a, like like Richard said, a big vacuum for management there. So, but you know, you know, it got me thinking. Um, and this is this is off off the track of the the tragedy with Corey, but the the fact that uh, Ty will be moving up to Cup here. Uh, you know, we have uh, you know, for a while we always refer to second generation drivers as as the uh, you know the the sons of drivers, but but now we've got several guys in the fields who are. Um, offspring of uh you know people that are team owners and team managers and and you know because you've got you've got the dylans in there uh you've got the austin Cindric and now ty gibbs so it's just kind of interesting how uh cody Ware, uh, cody Ware, absolutely yep yep there's another one there so you got it's interesting how just kind of uh growing up in that environment whether your dad is driving the car wrenching the car owning the car uh that that racing just kind of just gets in your blood there and you've, you know, again, we've got some really, really good drivers, um, who are, uh, you know, the offspring of, of, you know, team managers and, 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 uh, team owners. So I just think it's, uh, I just, it's just an observation I have. I think it's kind of neat. And I just think it, uh, you know, it shows what a family sport uh, NASCAR is. So, and that's the only point I wanted to make with that. Yep. So <laughs> I, I, you know, that's just an observation. So, but, but anyway, so let's move on to um, the cup race and the cup championship, which was obviously the headline event for the weekend. You know, we had the um, guys going into that were, you know, Chase Elliott, Ross Chastain, Christopher Bell, and uh, Joey Logano and uh, Louise, you picked Joey Logano. Um and I picked Christopher Bell, uh, but uh, Joey was um, pretty darn bulletproof all day long. He was uh, he he pretty well dominated that race. He only um, was out of the lead, uh, you know, briefly a, a time or two uh, through pit stops, or you know, he where uh, we backed off to save some fuel a time or two. But he he really never. Uh, there was never a point where he did not have uh, control of that thing uh, firmly in his grasp. I don't think he trailed any of the other four guys for a green for a green flag lap at all, um, and is rewarded with his second cup championship. Um, for and again, here's a guy whose you know career got off to a bit of a rocky start as well, and here he is as you know now he's a, a two time champion. You know he's as a Daytona 500 winner. Um, you know here's a guy with solid. Uh, Hall of Fame stats with a number of really good years ahead of them, uh, you know. So, Louise, your thoughts on uh, uh, young Joey Logano? I said it throughout the playoffs. Something told me in the back of my mind that he's been like the more consistent out of everyone. When Chase Elliott and a few others were faltering a bit, I noticed like the results were more consistent than uh, any of the other playoff guys. It's just the wins were lacking at the start. And then once the round of eight came along, he got out there in Vegas and won and was the first one to punch the ticket to Phoenix. And from that point forward, it's just focused on Phoenix, prepared for prepared the car. And Logano has been good at Phoenix. He's won a couple times before. And, about, and, and the, I think the takeaway from media day is that 
they're not satisfied of making the championship four. They want a win, period. I mean, Logano has been in the championship four or five times. He's won two of those. He's kind of, he's definitely come a long way. And I think Roger Penske said it best when I asked him, what is the difference from Logano when he won in the 2018 when he dethroned the big three to 2022 where he is in his first year leading the Penske banner? Because remember, Keselowski was the senior driver. And now that's Logano. And when you look at the Ford roster, he's the senior driver of that make as well because Stuart Haas did not jump to the Ford camp until 2017, remember. And I think he's definitely stepped up in his game. And aside from Ryan Blaney, nobody had Logano's number. Like in a similar way to get spinning race, nobody really had his number. And there's this saying like Blaney tucking back. I don't think so. Blaney wanted that win as much as anybody else. Remember, he he was winless. He ended up winless with the exception of the All-Star race. But points paid wise, he ended up winless for the first time since he started full time. No, since 2016. I think, uh, I think, do you not think if, if Chris Bell hadn't had that unfortunate uh, final pit stop, which cost his, uh, one of his tyre changes almost cost him a hand, um, you know, do you think he would have been able to challenge? Because he was certainly setting some pretty quick laps and getting up close to uh, the back of Logano before that final stop, didn't they? It, it would have been promising for sure. And that did, that did bit him dearly. Yeah, that was much heard... bit the guy's finger. Yeah. Yeah, he got yeah, uh, that he was very... the lugnut off to remove his hand from behind between the lugnut and the wheel room. It was a little bit uncomfortable, unfortunately. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. It was just like just a gloom day for the whole twenty yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just that's just unfortunate baggage, but had it not been I think he could have been a threat, but I'm not sure how much of a threat he would have been. I mean, Chastain tried. It took them all race to get it dialed in to the point where he could finally challenge. But it was a, but he had Blaney and Briscoe to deal with, so it's kind of like too little, too late. It's just the Fords just had the better motor at the end of the day, to be honest with you. But Bell could have challenged. This wasn't meant to be. Even Chase Elliott was in the was, in his words, he was there, and then that restart ended all of that, and where he had some slight damage and. Since the implementation of the championship four in 2014, this is the only only the second time a title contender was involved in an incident. And Elliott and finished 28th, which is the second worst championship four performers outside of Carl Edwards when he got when he DNF right, in his Edwards, race. Uh, wreck, didn't they? Yeah, that was a big uh, wreck as well for Edwards, wasn't it? At Homestead, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, let's see. Edwards, Casey Kane, Martin Truex Jr., yeah. boatload of others with severe damage, and somehow Brian Scott was not involved in that one. <laughs> but yeah, it was a. I think some stuff kind of. Elliot's. I mean, Logano just had a mistake free afternoon, and Chastain just had a rally and bell with the pits up, and Elliot, some will view it as a mistake or just the risk of trying to go low. At a certain point, it tried just to gain as many spots to fight for the championship. And yeah, more yeah, often, yeah, Bell seemed ahead. to have a few different problems throughout the race. There was a, a time he, he brushed the wall very lightly, but not enough to really cause any damage. And then there was a then there was a point about midway through the race where where he radioed in that he was blowing up, but but they but they had him recycle the electronics and then he was fine again, but. Uh, Certainly, you know, I'm sure his heart heart was up in his throat when he felt like uh, maybe he was about to lose the engine and lose everything right there. But, uh, yeah, just kind of um, 
Uh, you know, Bell did have a fast car. Uh, Chastain, um, again, like you said, not enough laps left by the time he got the car dialed in. And I think even if he got up to up to Logano there, I, I don't know that uh, Joey would have just turned up the wick and uh, just left him in the dust there. I mean, Ross was certainly turning faster laps, but uh, I feel like Joey was firmly in control. And of course, also knowing, you know, how many laps were yet to go. So, but it was, I mean, it was Joey's day. It was. Sometimes it's just yep. your day. And for Roger Penske, he's the first team owner to win both the IndyCar and NASCAR championships in the same season. So that's a, a tremendous accomplishment there when you consider, uh, you know, what it takes to put together a championship um, season in just one of those series. So his, so for his whole organization to win them both in the same season is pretty darn amazing. Yeah. No, for and sure. And he also but... won the 500 in both series as well, didn't he, this year, if I'm right? No, Erickson won. Oh, oh, yeah, no, oh sorry, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking of something different. I'll, I'll be quiet. Leave me alone. I think he did win the Daytona 500 and Indy 500 in the same season at one point in time. Yeah. Uh, but, but, it wasn't, but it wasn't this year, no. No, but, it wasn't, uh... was it? I'll shut up. Bye. Mm-hmm. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Talk on, Rich. But anyway, try to think. I don't think he's, I don't think they did. I know Ganassi did Daytona and Indy the same year with McMurray and hmm. Frank in twenty ten. Penske, I don't think they've done it because I think Penske won uh, who, who who won the uh Oh yeah, fifteen, Montoya and Logano. Yeah, yeah there you mm-hmm. go. Yep. Oh, Thank yeah. you. Thank you because I was thinking, oh wait a minute, I say no, Dixon won Indy Newman won Daytona. Which to this day is kind of amazing that Dixon only has one Indy 500. Could have won it a second time a number of times, especially this year if it was for that penalty. But you digress. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So of our of our championship four, it was Joey that made the least mistakes. Uh, I really can't point to a single mistake he made all uh, all day Sunday. So uh, you know, great job, great job to him. And again, this is a kid who just, uh, and he's, he's only what? 32. Yeah. 32. Yeah. I was going to say he's, he's relatively young. So, and, and even he said, you know, he's, I'm not, you know, he said, I'm far from done yet. I'm looking at more championships, you know, three, four, maybe seven, you know, he said, which is, Hey, that's a lofty goal, but Hey, that's the number to shoot for. You know what I mean? So, I mean, who would have, who would have thought back in 2008, that uh, Lewis Hamilton would have seven championships. You know, who 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 would have thought in the in the in the early nineties that Jimmy Johnson would would finish up with seven championships? So it's uh, definitely possible. And he's reaching that pinnacle age for those Cub drivers where they peak in their in their thirties. He's and he's in his early thirties, but he he's getting up there in that time period where you just simply peak as a Cup competitor. Right, that's where you've got the proper combination of you, of you still have uh, enough youthful um, reactions, but uh, the benefit of a bulk of experience. And it's just, yeah, it's just like you said, that's about the time Gordon was winning a lot of races, early 30s, and, and Johnson and those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Future looks very bright for Joe. He's uh, he's on a multi-year deal with uh, Team Penske, job very secure, sponsorship pa- sponsorship package very secure. So, uh, uh, you know, nothing but, uh, you know, bright lights and clear skies ahead for Joey Logano uh, in the immediate future. Well, for sure. Started the year with a win, ends the year with a win in the championship, the early win being the L.A. class. So it, it's been it's, it's been a quite a 
quite the season that he's had, but he's just made the least mistakes when it mattered most. Even though I will say that I at one point said, well, that well, all that Logano momentum I was telling you about, forget about it, and then proceeds to win the week after I said that. <laughs> right, yeah. So, But, I mean, looking back at the season as a whole, what an interesting season it's been. You know, we've had a number of um, first-time winners. We've had uh, just a, a ton of different race winners in general and a championship that was uh really nobody dominated uh up until you know we arrived at phoenix so um yeah very good season overall to, to watch you know again issues and growing pains with the new car you know we still need to do something about the whole bursting in the flame thing right we still need to do something about the Tires falling off right after the pit stop. Uh, uh, we still need to do something about the guys with concussion injuries. Uh, but uh, but overall, I would say it's a pretty darn successful season for NASCAR. I, the, the TV ratings were up from the prior year in most cases, um, you, you know, except for some of the USA races. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, I think there's a lot to uh, look back on and, and say it was good. Then there's a lot of uh, – Stuff to look back on and say, okay, this is what we need to work on in the off season. Yeah, when you look back at it, it's going to be a very peculiar year how we look back on this. And now it's just a matter of build momentum, get a lot of improvements done, and we'll see how it goes in 2023. When you look at it, it's the 75th anniversary of NASCAR. There's going to be a lot of hype build around it with Wilkesboro coming back, Chicago for now in my eye still happening and then of course the final two mile oval race of Fontana. So have have you seen the ticket prices for Chicago? Oh yeah. Yeah they, and I, I, they and I ponder a weekend a weekend ticket starts at four hundred and fifteen dollars a seat. I'm like well, okay. is not far off. Yeah yeah well, yeah well looks yeah what's far is not cheap either yeah so but uh yeah, you know, you know I, I could go to Martins I go to Martinsville for about sixty bucks at a at a year and have a really good seat. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm just but saying my, just, my my Indy five hundred tickets run ninety dollars. So the like the likelihood I have a better chance going to the Taylor Swift with Heim being one of the supporting acts in Seattle, either one of the two dates than probably dabble on Chicago in my eye. Because Chicago is not on my radar. So that's telling just personal preference. It's not on my radar, but yeah, no, it's, my, mine it's stupid expensive for yeah. a three course race. Let's mind you that. Exactly. Yeah. Races should not be. I don't think any car tickets for street. I see for that amount, you could go to about almost all the street course races. Uh, I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't know if you go to all of them. Long Beach tickets are, are up there a bit. Um, but uh, St. Pete tickets are reasonable. The Nashville tickets are, I mean, they're a little expensive compared to some, but they're, they're, it's not like this Chicago going to, you know, and that's, and that is for a weekend ticket for Chicago, yeah. the $415. I'm not sure what the single, single race day ticket is, but I would imagine they started around 200 for race day only just if, if I was a betting man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, street course racing is um, in person. It's a lot of fun because of the festival atmosphere and, and there's always generally so much to do. Uh, but sight lines are, are more often than not, you know, they're, 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 they're pretty awful compared to going to uh, a nice big wide open uh, oval or a natural terrain road course. Uh, you know, most of these 
uh, street course races. If you go, you're watching the bulk of your action on a jumbotron uh, while you get to see two or maybe three corners if you're lucky from your seat. Yeah, that's the question. How you're going to keep these people entertained? You got to go. You and and I say this again. You got to think entertainment wise for a street course like Nashville. <laughs> Nashville Long Beach got that, but I don't know how they're going to pull it off with Chicago. They got to really deliver big. And should it should it happen? Of course, because there's always all that stuff behind the scenes that you never know. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Yeah, and, and plus for NASCAR, you know, pulling off a street race is something they haven't done. Uh, I, I want to say they had like an exhibition race uh, out in L.A. years and years ago. Yeah, that uh, was for he, South. That's for the Southwest. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that that wasn't even for yeah the Grand National that they called it at the time. But uh, so this would be the first official Cup Series um, street race, and then you know for them as an organization to pull it off. Again, they're a very professional organization with a lot of people who know what they're doing, but it's a new animal for them. So, um, Richard, I mean, what, what are your thoughts on NASCAR's first venture to a temporary street circuit? It's going to be interesting. Got to be some pretty wide streets, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Uh, so I've only been to Chicago a couple of times and the, the streets weren't that wide from what I can remember. But uh, I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be a spectacle. And that's what. Uh, working around these cars quite a lot and seeing them up close and personal, especially at some of these racetracks, what you don't, what a lot of people don't appreciate, especially when you watch it on TV, is how visually impressive these cars are. And when you get them, you know, on a road cut or a street track, street circuit like we'll be in Chicago, it's going to look phenomenal. You know, I, I really do think, I think it is going to look absolutely amazing. The, the, um, spectacle of these cars up against the buildings and the streets and and the you know up against you know rubbing against the barriers um it, it's going to be phenomenal and uh I, I, it's not a night race is it it's just it's a day race but imagine imagine nascar on a street course at night imagine them in singapore wow that would be phenomenal you know because again i think these cars look stunning at night with the deliveries and the graphics i think and that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about the visual sort of impression that you get from these cars. And uh, I, I think that's something they can take advantage of. And I think I, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it'll be be phenomenal, um, you know, for the series. Yeah, I mean, especially for that, that crowd that's there, um, you know, on the ground in Chicago. Because, it, you know, even the most processional, boring race on television 
is pretty damn exciting if you're there. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, especially, especially especially for those of us that uh, live and breathe auto racing. You know, it's it's hard to it's hard to get bored at a race if you're at the track. So, the, although it it does happen. Um, but yeah, so that'll be that'll be interesting to see. So, and Richard, what are you what are you hearing on any kind of modifications to the new car for next year? Have there been a lot of discussions about that yet at all, or is it all just kind of in the hands of uh, NASCAR R and D right now? I think there are some changes coming on. I don't think they're going to be drastic. I think they're making a couple of changes uh, to the rear clip um, and the mounting of the car just to give it a little bit more compliance and a little bit more. Um, you know, slightly softer impact on the rear end of the car. So a lot of these incidents you've seen where the drivers have been suffering from their concussion symptoms have been when the rear of the car has gone into the wall first, which, uh, you know, is an area that they have made quite considerable changes to going into this year. So I think if they can, uh, they're potentially looking at softening up the rear of the car and, uh, you know, they may well again re you look at the areas around the front tyre uh, wheel wells where the debris has been collecting. Uh, you know, they did make some changes mid-season to try and reduce these um, under-the-hood fires that we've seen on a number of occasions. But, uh, it's it, you know, it, it's a learning process. But I think without any stretch of imagination, I think this, this new car has been a success. Uh, you know, it's, it's purely in terms of the driving ability. I mean, you know, we're there's two big things that we would take, that we need to take away from the next-gen car. Um, our current gen car, I guess it's had a year under its belt now. Um, yes, it, it's. I think the racing has been great. I, I think the racing has been really good. I don't think we've lost anything from um, you know the quality of the racing. But the the big litmus test for this car isn't was it was never going to be this year. It's going to be two or three years down the line with the cost savings that this new car introduces. Um, and how it brings other teams into the sport and how it reduces the cost and the expense for the, the current teams. And, uh, you know, that's where we're really going to see the benefit of this car is is the health of the sport going forward and the longevity of these teams, not just, um, you know, where we are today. So it, it's an exciting time, and I think the car's passed its test. Yeah, there's been a few little hiccups, but, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, it, it, from a physical standpoint as well, which is never great for the people that are affected by it. But I think we're we're on the right path here. And uh, I think NASCAR are making some really good changes. And uh, yeah, I think it's uh, it's sort of, you know, full, full steam ahead into 2023 and beyond. All right. Fantastic. Now, Louise, there was one other championship uh, out there in Phoenix uh, while you were hanging out in the dry heat. But um, let's talk about <laughs> <laughs> everyone. Everyone that goes that to Phoenix, warm. everyone that goes to Arizona, so yeah, it's hot, but it's dry heat. I, I just, I don't know. No, so, no, no, it was bad. much cooler compared to the the couple times I've been in the past. But yeah, we had the Truck Series Championship. That while it was a dominant win, when you look at it for Zane Smith, he had to fend off like Ben Rhodes and. It's clicking away. Time Majeski no, Maje- already had problems by the tail end of the race. Chandler Smith. He had his hands. He had, he had to work for that championship run. And because remember, Zane Smith had finished runner-up the last two seasons. And here's a guy that has had a very interesting career so far. Where back in 2019, he had a top five run for JRM. There wasn't a ride available for him to go run Xfinity in 2020. So he went to the truck series to drive for GMS. Came up short in 20, came up short in 21, and now he goes to front row 
where a Ford has a young driver that is actually successful, that can actually go out and win races in a team that believes in Zane. But also the Truck Series program, because the year prior, Todd Gilliland was able to kind of revive his career a little bit by winning a couple times for front row. They brought Zane Smith on board, and he was able to do, be the class of the field all year, lo- all year long. And I think all four, the three other title contenders said that Zay, again, I I say this one more time. He, Saints, the champion had the number on everyone. But this one was much more intense where he had to really work for it to the very end at overtime. And lo and behold, Zane Smith will no longer have to be the prize, but he's finally a champion in the truck series after all these years. Yeah, he's been he's been at it a while and he's come close a couple of times. So, yeah, congratulations to Zane Smith and his team. Uh, absolutely. So uh, the other larger bit of news coming out of NASCAR is uh, regards Jimmy Johnson who spent his last two seasons uh, uh, running uh, Indy cars with Chip Ganassi is now going to be a regular fixture back in the NASCAR paddock as a part-time driver and a uh, minority owner uh, with the Petty, was it Petty GMS team? Yep. Um, so uh, that's an interesting move there, but uh, you know, it mirrors what some other guys uh, have done. You know, you've got uh Jeff Gordon out there, who's got a bit of a management uh, role in uh, Hendrick. And of course, Brad Keselowski, who was uh, bought him a, uh, a stake in the uh, Roush team. Uh, so he's a owner driver now. So we'll see Jimmy, uh, you know, once again, driving the car, albeit not a full-time basis, but uh, you know, looking at the next phase of his career as a team owner and uh, uh, you know, certainly the, um, that's a team that that has improved a bit. I mean, they uh, they won a race this year, um, which uh, they haven't done in a bit. So uh, having Jimmy in there, I think, is going to be beneficial. So um, what are what are your thoughts there, uh, Louise? I'm just curious to see how much involvement, how much progress will they make? Because of course, you mentioned that the team improved dramatically. Like Eric Jones, before he won a dart, he. He was in the mix for a couple of those, just couldn't get it done in the regular season. But he's he's if there's one driver that I felt like improved the most, that is, Eric Jones will definitely be on top of my list. One of the drivers on top of my list. I think he's stepping in a good situation where you have obviously Maury Gallagher and Mike Beam from the GMS side of things, where you could kind of look at it and maybe Betty GMS could be close ties with Hendrick. So I remember the wild thing is that Hendrick and GMS were going to be like some sort of thing in the Cup Series several years ago. It's just didn't work out that way. But has Johnson, the big mystery as Johnson, the driver, is can he still get it done in, when, in the races that he'll run? Of course, he's going to be competing for the Daytona 500. And he'll have to race his way in, of course. But time will tell if how that goes. I was just curious about the other races that I think Johnson's going to choose which ones he feels comfortable, what suits him. Probably you'll see him at Marsville or at Dover. But I think Johnson, as a driver, is looking at trying to do select races. Like, Lamar still isn't out of the question yet. And there's this big thing about the car. Everybody wants to make a thing about the car number where maybe he'll get the 48 or the 44, which was his ASA number, and also falls in the petty lineage, 42, 43, 44, and so on, so forth. But I want—I think it's going to be a, a couple years before we, we find out how that system works, because sometimes 
six very successful drivers when it comes to owners owning a team or part owning a team, it's feast or famine sometimes. When you look at Daryl Waltrip, it worked out a little bit at the beginning, but that's because he had Hendrick Mo- Hendrick Motors. And when he did it all independently, you saw how that ended up. Dale Earnhardt had his own team, but he didn't drove for for that very team. And progress was being made until he lost his life. And of course, right now, Justin Marks, former driver, didn't have many chances to run. He didn't got that shot as a full time competitive driver. And look what he's done. He's done. He's done fine on his own. His cars. One of his cars made it to championship four. I'm just curious where the bar is. Where the bar is going to be at for Johnson as now a minor as a co-owner of that team? Because the bar is pretty high when you think about it. Absolutely, yeah. And and for me, I I just wonder how much longer until the petty name is totally gone from that organization. You know, that that used to be you know the petty petty racing enterprises and the petty family business, and uh, they 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 have uh, you know given control and, and portions of it uh, uh, to more and more. And more of it away, and 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 I don't even believe that Richard takes uh, very much of an active uh, management role in the team now. Um, again, you know, Richard is getting up there as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just I honestly wonder if they just keeping the petty name on there for the sake of keeping the petty name on there, uh, and I, I just wonder if it'll totally disappear um, from that car at uh, at at some point in time, uh, which will be. Uh, you know, it'll be it'll be kind of sad for the sport because the petty name has been around so long. But but at the same time, it's, you know, it's a mark of progress, too. So I, I don't know. I, I, I'm i really up in the air how I feel about that. But I don't uh, you know, honestly, I, I, I foresee a day when it's just like GMS Johnson Racing and, and petties are no longer involved at all. Time will ultimately tell. That's as much as I can say about that. Probably right, why right. you see GMS involved, and I think that's kind of where is where it's going. It's like they're building up a team that wants to go cup racing. See how they do with someone else for now, and then see where they go from there. Right, absolutely. So, all right, so let's uh, let's move on and let's talk about. Uh, we got uh, two Formula One races left on the season. The championship has been decided, but uh, there's a couple of things that we still like to see. Uh, happened this year, and one of those would be a Mercedes win, um, and, yeah. we're, and we're and we're headed to Brazil. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Richard, let's talk about Brazil. You know, it's you know, the race has been on the calendar, you know, for for years and years. Um, yeah. the, the different circuits, uh, in, Interlagos is where we are um, now. Uh, but let's yeah. uh, uh, let's look at it. I mean, what are the what are the prospects for an actual Mercedes win. It seems like they've been nipping at the heels of uh, Red Bull the last couple races, but just haven't quite been able to seal the deal there. I mean, certainly Hamilton looked, looked pretty racy at Coda. Yeah, it's uh, they've certainly made some you know big strides with that car in the last uh, you know, latter stages of the season. And, and partly that could be because you know, some of the rivals, you know, Red Bull, for example, maybe aren't pushing their development in the same way that uh, the others have been because they've wrapped up both championships already. But, uh, yeah, you know, there's certainly been some improvements there. The chances in Brazil, Brazil's a very, you know, power track. You know, you look at, uh, you know, there's, there's two very long periods of, of hard acceleration and, uh, you know, and then the sort of the, 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 the twisty squiggly bits in the middle. But, um 
no, I, I, I'd love to see it, you know, especially for Lewis. You know, everybody, you know, a lot of people have been critical of him over the years, and and rightly so in some ways. But he's, you know, he has uh, he received the freedom of Brazil or became an honorary Brazilian citizen this week, and he's loved over there. Uh, you know, for his his driving style, you know, very center esque. Some people consider, and um, yeah, it, it, it's uh, um, you know, it, it'll be good to see what he can do out there going forward. Right, but the problem is, Red Bull's been pretty bulletproof. <laughs> at well, almost, they have. Yeah, they at have, almost every yeah. track this year, and and you know, you know, more more power to them. They 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 prepared well, planned well, uh, great race strategy week in and week out, and awesome driving uh, from Max there. But uh, you know, there's a few other guys who would love to end up the season, finish up these last two races at a high note. McLaren is one of those who had a bit of a yeah a miserable season, and, and in particular, in 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 particular, Mister Ricardo. Um, yeah, you know, and uh, and and Ferrari's been in the doldrums lately. They would like to end their season on a high note where they began. You know, they began the season winning races, and they've just been kind of falling farther and farther behind ever since. So uh, they have struggled, and they were very poor in Mexico a couple of weeks ago. It was just yes. they were secondly the third best team that weekend. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, looking forward to these last two races, as you say. You know, Danny Danny Ricardo's last race for the foreseeable future anyway, or at least for a season probably, uh, you know, if you can find a draft for 22-24. But there's a couple of other guys who are bowing out, you know, Sebastian Vettel, you know, who his last race will be at um, Abu Dhabi. And, you know, it really is an end of an era there for for, for Seb. Um, you know, we, we sort of, he's still only a young kid in reality, you know, in his mid to early 30s, you know, so... Um, you know, when you look back at his career, it's been pretty damn impressive, really. And yeah, you know, he's never really hit the same heights post Red Bull. But um, um, you know, as a, as a as a driver, he's, he's certainly um, you know second to none. And some of those some of the drives he's had in uh, you know for Aston Martin have been been pretty damn impressive, really. You know, given the machinery he's had underneath him. Um, and then you look at uh, you know Latifi's probably got his last race coming up for Williams, and probably that'll be him out of Formula One. You know, never really dug up any trees, but did, did okay. Um, and potentially as well, Mick Schumacher could be his his last race, which uh, you know, it'll be a shame. I think uh, you know he, he certainly um, you know had moments of of looking pretty pretty stout, especially this year. Um, but uh, you know, it hasn't really clicked for Mick, unfortunately. And uh, you know, the pressure of the name certainly hasn't helped him. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how these last two. Races fall for these guys, but uh, yeah, it could be could be some good races coming up when there's there's nothing to lose, for, you know, and uh, you know they can push the shut elbows out a little bit and have some fun. Yeah, absolutely, and of course, you know, Brazil is uh, uh, you know the type of environment where you've got absolute you know rabid race fans who love the sport. You know, it's uh, it's it's uh, the the only thing it compares to what is racing in Italy. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, they always. Uh, Always put on a great show down in Brazil. They always have a great crowd in Brazil. Uh, they oh, always have. They always yeah. have a great party in Brazil. Sure, so. that's <laughs> yeah. So sometimes we can have a bit of a bit of weather mixed in there as well for good measure. So uh, oh, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, Louisa. What are your thoughts on the final two races? Uh, two more wins for Max, or you think we can uh, see somebody, somebody else rise to the top? Right. Dig, this is the last shot in my eye Hamilton has for the win in 2022 and trying to keep the streak alive. 
I don't know why, but that's how I'm seeing it. But the battle for second is the big question mark. If Ferris can continue racking up ends with podiums, podium out for the rest of the final two rounds, it should be secured. But I'm still wondering how Leclerc will adapt or will respond. Leclerc has been the ultimate feast or famine. In my eye, I just... If he does not do well in Brazil, I think you can safely lock Paris as your runner-up in the championship, in my book. Uh, yeah, I would uh, I would already, you know, pencil Sergio's name in. But, uh, you know, then, 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 of course, the other compelling thing will be once we get to uh, the final uh, race of the season is uh, during the Formula 2 race to, uh, uh, you know, have a peek at uh, how Logan Sargent does to see if he actually... Mm. Gets the uh, the super license points that he needs to uh, advance to the Formula One seat he's been conditionally promised in 2023 with Williams. So I um, I think you look at now I'm, I, I don't want to you know knock a kid before he gets an opportunity, but I think people have been pretty critical of Nicholas Satifi. I am not being disrespectful here to Logan Sargent. You know he's obviously he he's going to be given an opportunity to prove himself, but I really haven't seen anything in Logan Sargent's junior categories. That would would stand him above Latifi in any stretch of the imagination. Um, so we will see. I hope I'm wrong. You know, I hope he comes in and does a good job. But I, again, I'm not expecting any any trees to be dug up anytime soon with uh, with those guys, unfortunately. Right, right. Then, of course, the continuing saga of Michael Andretti to trying to trying to get himself in the Formula One. I guess the latest. I was reading an article today that that maybe they were. I, toying with the idea of uh, starting a Formula 2 team and try to get into Formula 1 that way by doing a couple of seasons of Formula 2. But but evidently, yeah. the, FIA, for- the, the FIA won't even grant him a Formula 2 team. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I'm, I, and I, and I understand the Formula 1 guys liking that, uh, you know, cutting the money 10 ways instead of 11. Uh, but uh, it just seems like, uh, you know, when you talk about the Andretti's and uh, what that name means to racing um, and uh, that they're just trying everything possible to not make it easy on Michael at all. So, um, yeah, because I guess it's just a closed fraternity and they, they yeah. Uh, even have, so. yeah, just despite the fact that, uh, you know, the Andretti's have, uh, have a lot of college prison racing, they, they are still looked down on. Um, I, I, I don't think it's that. I, I genuinely don't think it's anything against the Andretti's. I think it's just, in general, they don't want, as you mentioned earlier, you know. They want another team, incentive? yeah. Yeah, where is the incentive to some of the smaller teams to dilute their their pot? You know, there isn't an incentive. You know, they don't gain anything from it. So, um, yeah, so I don't think it's a, a personal knock against the Andretti's. Um, well, I don't know. What, what if you factor in that, you know, Sauber wouldn't sell to Andretti, but then they happily sold to Audi? You know? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, yeah, it's probably just, some just, politics in the background. Uh, they might, might, Audi might have a little more money behind them, too, than I Michael. I think you so. probably do. Yeah. yeah I, but, I wonder. Uh, I, I do wonder if. And I'm not, you know, obviously with no no knowledge, no background. If the whole thing, you know, because yeah, the Andretti family has money, but do they? And this isn't being disrespectful. Do they have Formula One money? Do they have the three, four, five hundred million dollars? You know, up front, not oh yeah, well, I'll get it for tom- I'll get it for you tomorrow. You just sign, and then I'll get it to you. 
you know, that's how I think these some of these deals may have been structured, you know, very, very uh and I say there's no no knowledge of that situation, no no, you know, nothing to, that that would yeah. drive me to make that comment. It's just um, I, yeah, Michael evidently has a has a group of investors and, and is supposed to have the money ready or had the money ready to 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 purchase Sauber at the you know, whatever price that we're talking about. Um yeah, because he started a I guess it's called uh, what Adrenaline Global Motorsports. Yeah, uh, yeah. enough. So, I evidently the money's there. I, I mean, I don't know because you know they, these these things aren't always public where you can just look it up. But uh, yeah, so we'll just have to see how that plays out. Uh, you know, until then, you know, Michael's got a lot to keep him busy between all oh, the yeah. all the race teams he already is running. You know, between IndyCar and Indy Next. Which I don't know if we talked about that last week, but Indy Lights is now Indy Next, and then of course the uh, the series below those, the uh, Formula Two Thousand and the uh, Two Thousand Pro, uh, the the name Indy has been removed from those. The ones that are not controlled by Penske Entertainment, which are rather run by Anderson Consulting, who ran the Indy Lights for a while, uh, they've taken the word Indy off of the branding of those. Uh, but Indy Lights is now under the control of uh, Penske Entertainment, and that is now be called Indy Next uh, NXT because they didn't put the vowel in there. So it almost sounds like some kind of wrestling thing. NXT, I don't know. So, but um, some people, I think it's kind of a cool name. It's, it's you know, it's kind of Indy. You know, well, I'm going to race this because Indy's next. You know, what I mean, it almost makes a little sense. But other people think. Uh, that it's absolutely ridiculous and IndyCar needs to learn how to market and brand. So, I don't know. Louise, what do you think? Says it, the people that work in marketing and branding. No, it says the people who comment on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dive into that. Yeah, but what, what, what do you think? Do you, you like the name Indy Next? Or, or, or do you <sighs> see the thing about Indy Lights? Indy, li- Indy Lights, Indy Lights it sounds like easier to say. It's easier to say, but Indy Lights indicates, I mean, you know, it's lesser. You know what I mean? You know, it's like Bud Light. It's not, you know, I don't know. It's, it's lights is almost compared to, you know, you're saying like, you like Indy Race, but just a lighter version of it for you. If you don't like your cars to be as fast. I Maybe you could yeah. have like Indie Zero or something like you know the Coke do. Sugar free Indie. I don't know. There you go. Yeah. 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 I just indie. the way it the way they said the way it stayed the way it's read. I just it's to me I say Indie NXT because if WWE has NXT that's for me I'm looking at it's like let's see how long that lasts. Yeah. Like I mean you could call it the Firestone Atlantic for all I care, for all I know. But like the obviously referred to the days of the Toyota Atlantic, which was also a feeder series to Kart at the time. Right. Yeah. The Atlantic. Yeah. Well, we go for you know. Yeah. Yeah. It is an established name because it's been around for a while. So yeah, I don't know if you pronounce it Indy Next or you call it Indy NXT because I've only seen it in print. I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it pronounced. So, but um, yeah, we'll see. But uh, otherwise, I believe that that series whether you call it next or NXT is going to have more cars on the grid than they have uh, in the past. And, and it looks to be, they're going to have a pretty good field there and they've released a pretty decent schedule for them. So of course, yeah. no freedom 100, which still has a lot of folks upset, but uh, you know, I get one oval race at Iowa. Right. Right. Well, that's all I had this past year, but um, you know, again, uh, you know, Roger seems to uh, 
like like the idea of using the oval only for the Indy 500. He's got every other event there is on the road course, and uh, I don't no, know. There that's... are, I think there are some talks in the background to try and get NASCAR back on NASCAR the oval. back on the oval. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, some... And I think some drivers bit, would so. vouch for it. I mean. When they when they stop running at the oval, I think one of the most vocal folks were Harvick and Hamlin. Obviously, Hamlin that race eludes him like championships, and then Kevin Harvick obviously he's won it a couple of times, and he understands the significance of running the in the oval because once upon a time ago that was that was the second biggest race on the calendar. Yeah, it sure was. All right, well that takes us to the end of our hour, guys. So um. Uh, again, I can't reiterate uh, enough um, how much we're thinking about the uh, the Gibbs family and the Gibbs organization. There, that's certainly a tragic situation uh, that's going to take them some some time to uh, recover from. Uh, but we wish them all the best in the future and uh, all the healing uh, th- that they're going to need. So, but but until next week, I want to thank you, Richard. I want to thank you, Louise. I want to thank Hoobazoo Radio Network. I want to thank. Speaker, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. And I want to thank you folks who listen to us week in and week out. Uh, but until next week, good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 